The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your company about to be involved in a merger or acquisition? No matter what side of the deal you are on, this can be a daunting and very risky part of business. Welcome to Beyond Financials, the people side of mergers and acquisitions with Sonia Weigel. On each show, you'll hear from top executives representing a variety of industries. We'll discuss the success stories, best practices, and lessons learned that can help you engineer a smooth transition that's good for your business and celebrated by your people. Now, here's your host, Sonia Weigel. Hello and Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to Beyond Financials, the people side of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Sonia Weigel. Every week we come together to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of mergers and acquisitions with guests who bring expertise and seasoned experience to the conversation. Think of this as your once-a-week consulting hour where you can gain powerful insights and knowledge about the successes, failures, and lessons learned through the wisdom and experience of guests each week that come from a variety of industries and represents all sides of a deal. As the title indicates, we like to focus on the people side of M&A. Specifically, culture, behaviors, human capital strategy, and processes. How often have we seen deals that are beautifully architected from a finance or legal perspective, only to fall apart post-close because of culture clashes? My firm, SWC Management Consulting, works with companies every day to navigate the very important but often tricky world of organization transformation. We help our clients ensure these transformations are executed flawlessly and in a way that drives the success of their business. I love getting to work with our clients to bring tangible impact through human resources. Helping companies to harness their most important asset, their people, is why I do this. It's my hope to use this radio show as a platform to help many of you in the same way. By hosting an interactive show that gives the listening audience access to the best minds in this business for the benefit of themselves and for their companies. So if during the conversation today you have a question or you'd like to contribute to the discussion, please feel free to call in or email us. You can also reach me via email after the show if you like. So let's get started. I have with me today Dale Irby, Managing Director of Wellbridge Capital Management. Wellbridge is a private equity firm that seeks investment opportunities primarily in the lower middle market companies in the aerospace, defense, and government services industry, as well as in related industries that have a high degree of commonality with core capabilities and competencies found in ADG organizations. Wellbridge originates, structures, and invests in traditional buyouts, recapitalizations, and growth capital investments for profitable companies where they can leverage their expertise and industry experience to achieve a positive impact. Their goal is to work with management to improve the businesses in which they invest while delivering superior returns to their investors. Now, a little bit about Dale and why I believe he's such a great show host uh, guest for today. As a managing director and member of the investment committee of Wellbridge Partners, Dale is responsible for overseeing Wellbridge's business development function, managing its partner relationships, and leading its investment decision process. 
Dale is also responsible for sourcing investment opportunities. He serves as an observer on the board of Stewart Advanced Materials, which is a Wellbridge portfolio company. He also serves on the advisory board of Trinity Advisors Group. Prior to Wellbridge, Dale was a partner with Gene Finol LLC, which is a strategic development firm focused on startups and the middle market and corporate divisions. While at Gene Finol, Dale advised clients on market penetration strategies in financial services, media, sports, entertainment, healthcare, security, business services, technology, and education services. In addition, he's advised on and executed mergers, acquisitions, and divestitures in order to add organizational value and to achieve the client's objectives. He began his career with Northwestern Mutual as a securities licensed financial representative. While there, he provided needs-based analysis and customized financial solutions to high net worth individuals and middle market companies. He received his bachelor's degree in economics and a bachelor's degree in business management and finance from North Carolina State University. I'm so excited to talk with Dale today about how people-related issues like the strength of the management team or organizational culture impact his investment decisions in the private equity space. Hello, Dale, and welcome, and thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Sonia. This is a real pleasure, and uh, thanks for uh, thinking of me and uh, thinking that I could possibly add something to uh, to your show. Oh, well, there's no question. We have these discussions all the time, and they're always fun, so <laughs> let's have this discussion for the benefit of, uh, of the learning audience today. So it is a brand new year. We're now here in 2017. And uh, as we start the new year, I'd just love to know a little bit about where Wellbridge plans to focus its efforts for the year. And then if you have any, what are your predictions for the year ahead in the private equity space? Yes. Well, I would say for the first quarter, um, our first order of business is to bring to closure one way or another. Um, some of the, uh, the deals that uh, were already in, in our pipeline for uh, coming out of uh, 2016. So we have a uh, couple of deals we're in due diligence on and um, hopefully we can bring those to closure sometime in the first uh, first quarter. Uh, one thing that we uh, certainly have to focus on more this year um, for 2017, so increase of uh, deal flow. Uh, last year we spent a lot of time uh, focused on um, on the companies that uh, we acquired or made investments in and uh, working with their management teams. Um, at least one of those companies had a uh, transition with the uh, CEO. Mm-hmm. So that obviously takes some, uh, say, takes some time and bandwidth. Um, but we were able to make a very successful uh, transition. Uh, but, you know, again, that required uh, all hands on deck. As, long, as well as with the uh, planning and uh, implementation of that planning with the, uh, the growth strategy. So, so we spent some time with our, our management teams um, this year and not a lot of time looking for new uh, acquisitions for, uh, in 2016. So this year we want to turn that around a little bit and uh, increase our deal flow and uh, make, uh, make another platform acquisition. It's interesting that uh, you talked about how much time in 2016 you spent sort of focused on the management teams. Um, You know, perhaps first before we dive into that a little bit, um, for those members of the listening audience that are not necessarily conversant around what private equity is specifically and how it differs from um, or what space it occupies in the merger and acquisition industry, you know, what is your focus as a private equity investor? And, you know, to what extent would things like 
strength of the management team uh, influence your investment decisions? Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's at the top of the list as far as influencing our decision. We, when we evaluate a company, we, we're target. We, um, we have a filter, like a lot of private equity firms uh, do. They have a way of evaluating what's important to them before they invest their capital. And uh, we're no different in that regard. And uh, at the top of, um, of our filter are people-related things, such as uh, how sounds the leadership and, um, you know, how's the um, customer relations uh, with their, you know, the relationship that they have with their, with their key customers. And th- those, of course, are um, very heavily weighted on people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they drive that. So we have to spend a lot of time getting to know the management teams, the people that are that are driving the success of the business. So that's, so it's it's really high as far as uh, priority. What um, so what is the private equity perspective in terms of what what is a private equity investor? Are you looking to accomplish? You know, what's what's the target of Wellbridge in particular? You know, we talked a little bit about the industry that you like, but you know, if you, what's an ideal scenario in terms of, of Wellbridge and and the investments that you'd like to make, and uh, what kind of return do your investors look for? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and sort of how does that work? Yeah. The mechanics there. Yeah, well, let me give a little bit of background for us on our structure for Wellbridge uh, because it. Um, it probably does not line up with what someone would traditionally think of as a, a typical private equity firm. Uh, we do not have captive capital under management. So the only thing that really means is that um, when we find an opportunity that we would like to invest in, a, a company that we would like to invest in, we think that we can uh, improve and help grow, then we raise the capital to make that acquisition at that time. Okay. So, so deal by deal capital raise as opposed to having a fund. Exactly. It puts uh, some, um, in my opinion, puts more advantages um, for us than, than disadvantages. Uh, certainly one of the advantages is when it comes time to exit. And, you know, so and if you have a timeline on, um, on your exit, which if you're managing capital in a pool, that's certainly... Um, part of the thought process, you know, when you can exit this particular business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you're, so a typical private equity firm's timeline for the time horizon for their investment, it tends to be a little longer than the way we think in terms of we think of it. Okay. Uh, so what that, what that will uh, translate into is how we think about the strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we're very typical in that, uh, you know, there are a lot of, there's things that we want to accomplish right away to give uh, uh, a boost to the, uh, to the return or to the investment. So, so, you know, the best way to answer your question there is um, that we, at Wellbridge, we don't necessarily have the same time horizons and that can translate into slightly different uh, goals. So, that's um, that's how we that's how we think about it. And that's how we go about our business. So, if you are managing your own pool of capital, essentially deal by deal, 
um, how much pressure, more more or less pressure, I should say, other than the you know standard structure, does that put on you to get those returns right away? You talked about sort of the, the quick hit that you like to get, which I'm assuming comes from cost savings around process improvements and efficiencies and things like that. Um, is that where you sort of look to first? Um, well, that is part of it. Um, when I say the, you know, the one or two things that you could do immediately for improvement, certainly sometimes there are uh, costs that can jump out at you uh, that you uh, that you know you can improve right away. Most of the time for us, it comes in business development. Mm-hmm. So we see an area, we see, a, you know, we have intimate knowledge of a customer that could uh, certainly um, uh, use the services of this particular uh, company. We think it would be a good fit. Uh, we have the relationship to uh, to make that introduction. Uh, so we look at it first from a business development. How can we, what opportunities can we, um, can we bring to this company from a um, uh, business development sales standpoint? So mm-hmm. we look at that first. Um, also the cost structure and pricing uh, that the company has for uh, for their product or services. We want to make sure that that's in line as well. Uh, but most of the time it is business development mm-hmm. and then secondary there are cost things. So I, uh, I, I imagine that as you're thinking about um, the business development component there's specialized skills that you're looking for in the target or you know intended portfolio company that uh, that would make or or break that sort of scenario. So I, I think what we'll do now is we'll take a a quick break and then pick the conversation up again and uh, begin to dig a little more into how you analyze and look for the skills that you think are going to be necessary to get you to the returns you're looking for. So uh, thanks everyone for tuning in so far. We'll be back with Dale Irby, Managing Director of Wellbridge Capital Management, right after this short break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. 
Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Beyond Financials, the people side of mergers and acquisitions with Sonia Weigel. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at sweigelconsulting.com. Now, back to Beyond Financials, the people side of mergers and acquisitions. Welcome back, everybody. Don't forget to call in with your questions or comments if you'd like to join the discussion. Um, Let's get back to Dale. When we left at the break, we were talking about the need to uh, try to capture some immediate value uh, on your investment from a private equity perspective. And uh, I was sort of... uh, presupposing perhaps that that part of that value may be captured in the identification of um, necessary specialized skill sets or behaviors um, within the target company or the management team um, so that you can rely on them to execute the the strategy that you have in place knowing that that strategy is what's intended to get you a return on your investment so how strong is a strong how important is a strong management teams in terms of those skills or experience or team cohesion when you're looking to make an investment in the company? Yeah, it, it's everything. Uh, we, we're we not set up to, nor do we desire to run the companies that we acquire. Okay. Uh, we want to work with the management teams from a board position um, and, um, and advisory positions. So we have to have full confidence that the uh, people in charge that are driving the uh, driving the plan, driving the, the growth strategy, um, that they they have the ability, the skills, um, to uh, and the motivation to uh, to execute. So it's it's everything for us. And will you, in doing your, I imagine you look at deals all day long, every day. And, you know, if, if one or two or three surface over the course of a year, you've had a good year. So that's not, not a, uh, that's a lot of, of companies to look at and turn down. Right. Kiss and a so, lot of frogs. Kiss a say. lot of frogs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, what, can, can you think of a time um, when, uh, you know, one of those frogs presented itself and on the surface, the deal looked, looked like a good thing from a business perspective, a financial perspective, but knowing what you know about having to rely on that management team to execute your firm's vision on the future, um, was there, you know, what, tell us about one of the times you had to walk away from the frog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had to, uh, yeah, we've, we've had to walk away um, and it happens sometimes because uh, the management team themselves aren't on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think one that comes to mind was uh, it was actually a, a divestiture from a uh, from a corporation, and um, you know, individuals are charged with um, setting strategic goals for the for the company, looking at all divisions within the company. And uh, sometimes some are orphaned, and and they have mm. to 
they have to be you know sold so that the company can get back to its uh, core competencies. Um, and so uh, this particular division fell out of favor with the large corporation, but we thought it was an excellent fit for us and got everything worked out with uh, the people in charge of uh, divesting it. And uh, before it was time to close, um, the uh, you know someone from the C-suite steps in and um, wants to play around with uh, some of the things that we thought were already negotiated and, mm-hmm. and, and locked in. And so because you know the, because the two of them um, or those two, uh, those two parts of the company were not on the same page, um, obviously the C-suite wins. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, and unfortunately, what, what I'm saying is what, what that meant was that the price drastically increased uh, and it got to a level that uh, uh, that, you know, we, we couldn't um, it, it didn't make sense for us to, to move forward with. So, you know, so having uh, having a willing seller, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that's the thing it takes, you know, it takes two parties that want to do a deal. Mm-hmm. And that's how transactions uh, get finished. Um, you know, I, I can think of probably two more times where, you know, on a successful side, a transaction, um, basically I had to toss the lawyers out of the room mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so, so that we could, uh, you know, get down to what the real issues were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think what, what I found in those situations is, there are some must-haves that an entrepreneur, and you know, just for your your sake, uh, your audience's sake, um, most of the companies that we pursue are entrepreneur-led. Yep. You know, sometimes they've been in the in the um, in the family for generations, and uh, so there are certain attachments, mm-hmm. um, you know, emotionally, and and um, but once we are able to find out what the must-haves are. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and listen, and understand that, and and for and for the other side to understand what our must-haves are. Most of the time, we can come out of that with a good uh, good conclusion, good ending. It's interesting that you talk about uh, your focus being on entrepreneur-led businesses, um, typically family-owned. You know, I, I find in those scenarios the culture and having a, a chemistry fit between the owner, the buyer, you know, the, the seller and, and, and yourselves is really where the deal often begins and or ends. You know, I'm looking at a transaction myself right now where the, uh, the seller is a, um, the founder and, uh, and owner, entrepreneur-led, and uh, has turned down several offers for the business because he just didn't feel a chemistry match with the buyer. Right. And so, you know, that's before we look at Financials. That's before we look at structure. That's before we look at business development or growth mm-hmm. strategies. It's you know in those scenarios, and I know in private equity, uh, you know that's often the case. Um, in these entrepreneur-led businesses, are uh, utterly dependent on cultural fit. Right. And um, you know you don't necessarily think of that when you think right. about these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, actually, I'm glad you said uh, chemistry uh, because that's. But we, that's how we think of it a little bit more than than cultural fit uh, because you, you know, cultural fit is extremely important as well but I've seen where culturally the um, 
uh, if especially putting two companies together, an existing company and and going out to uh, to find a uh, an add-on acquisition or perhaps merger, uh, you know, culture is is certainly a, a factor. But I've seen where two cultures may be different, but the chemistry mm-hmm. was terrific. And great things can happen. Interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it's hopeful, right? Because I think more often than not, you're really lucky to find two cultures that naturally right. intersect. Exactly. Right? I mean, yes. you know, I, the reason why one target is attractive versus another is because, well, you know, this company is nimble and they're, and they're, they're uh, um, entrepreneurial and they're risk averse and we're not. Right. And so because of the way that they are, they, they've got a level of success that's attractive to us. Right, right. Yeah, try putting together a, uh, a, a nicely run, well-run Midwestern company with a uh, New York City yeah. company. You know, the culture is on But I've seen that chemistry work before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and in your space with these entrepreneurially-led businesses, you know, the common theme is often the drive to make something happen. You know, it's mm-hmm. that entrepreneurial piece that, that you often find the connection in. The, the question, though, is after the deal is done, how do you translate that chemistry and cascade that down through the organization to the people that are sort of tasked with the day-to-day? Right. Because at the end of the day, the ways of working mm-hmm. need to align. Yes. Right? Yes, and yes. so you may have that alignment at the, you know, at, at the table where the deal is being mm-hmm. negotiated. Yep. But you could fall sideways pretty quickly. Absolutely. If afterwards you don't find that same measure of, of interaction. Yeah. Best done prior to the uh, to the closing of the acquisition, and that's why it's you know it's important for you know even groups like ourselves, and and I'm noticing that more and more um, traditionally run private equity groups are um, bringing uh, firms on um, and individuals on like yourself. Uh, certainly, um, you know, SWC would be uh, extremely important in a in a role like that prior to the acquisition. Because if you address the issue prior to, you can it's something it's something that you can think about as you're meeting with management going forward, and it helps with that chemistry check mm-hmm. as well. Because you already have a checklist in your mind of things that uh, that you'd like to see accomplished, and you can, as you're meeting with management and asking your questions and getting to know them, um, you can make a pretty quick assessment as to is this the team that you know we can count on to implement some of the things that that we've come up with uh, that we want to implement post. Um, Post transaction, mm-hmm. and so if the work is done and done thoroughly, uh, that's why I think it's important to, uh, if you don't have that skill set in house, to align yourself with it. You know, with a shop like your, like yours, and individuals like yourself, to help thoroughly think through those things prior to close. Yeah. Well, I know. I, I, obviously, I agree with you. <laughs> but, I thought you might, but it is extremely true. And it's <laughs> it is very true. And yes. unfortunately, it's a bit rare um, <laughs> where where uh, you know folks that do this business don't necessarily. And and even though it burns time and time and time again, when you find after you've done the deal, oh wow, this is this is going to be harder than we thought in terms of the actual interaction or integration. Um, you know, getting that done 
as part of the due diligence mm -hmm. really is a, a, a critical, critical component. Yes. Um, and uh, you made such a great statement a little while ago about how uh, the C-suite person came in and had some different expectations, which changed the structure and the price of the deal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was entirely chemistry, personality, culture, behavior related, and it impacted the price. That's not a one-to-one -one kind of thing for, for most people as they go through these things. And, it, you know, it's, and it's kind of a shame to get to that point and then realize that this this deal that was so as i said in there earlier beautifully architected yes is now at risk over over these kinds of things so uh, we are already at break time again <laughs> so, wow time's flying having time, fun yes yeah we are we always do we always do <laughs> um so why don't we take uh, another quick break and i want to thank everyone again for tuning in so far We'll be right back with Dale Irby, Managing Director of Wellbridge Capital Management, right after this short break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you are in the sales field or maybe don't even know that you are, you need a plan to be successful. Every day we are engaged in business and don't even realize that it all comes down to sales. We all have something to say and need to motivate others to the same way of thinking. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO, is the show that gets you thinking and speaking whatever the product or service. Host Bill Bush will give you the tips you need to succeed. Listen every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Savvy business owners, learn how auspicious timing can have a positive influence on business decisions and strategies. You can achieve your goals while creating a competitive edge in your given field. Tune into Illuminating Feng Shui with host Kathleen Zamansky, where classical feng shui and Chinese metaphysics work together to help you discover your strengths and use them at the right times. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you pursuing your passions in business? Is your purpose integrated into your brand? Are you telling your story? Building a thriving business stems from authentic communication that serves your audience, champions big ideas, and generates big impact. Learn how to grow your business in a more meaningful way by tuning into the Soul Shull Hour with host Francis Leary. It's more than business development. It's soul and inspiration, too. Listen live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Beyond Financials, the people side of mergers and acquisitions with Sonia Weigel. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at sweigelconsulting.com. Now, back to Beyond Financials, the people side of mergers and acquisitions. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Let's get back to our discussion with Dale. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, the importance of the strength of the management team when it comes to your confidence and the confidence of your firm that the company you're acquiring or investing in is going to be able to fully realize and execute on the growth strategy that you've articulated. And um, 
I think that with private equity, because even though Wellbridge is not spending money from its fund, you still have some fairly, I'm sure, stringent expectations in terms of the return that you get or you know expect to get and give to your investors. So let's talk a little bit about that growth strategy and um, from a people side or people perspective, what kinds of things that you go into looking into as you evaluate the potential ability of this management team to deliver on, on your vision? What are some of the things that you, you look for? Yes. Well, um, just to make clear, we, we, yeah, we, we do invest, um, we do invest our capital, uh, but we are not the largest um, uh, stake in the, in the deal. Mm-hmm. But the point of that is um, even our, partners we invest alongside of you know they feel this is critical that um, that we have a uh, you know that we have a stake or skin in the game as they say uh, and going forward so that expectation goes also to the entrepreneur so sure. the companies that we're buying um, most of the time overwhelming majority of the time those deals are structured where the um, the CEO remains and um, and has a significant stake in the business going forward. Oh, okay. So we are, uh, so, you know, we have a lot of trust and confidence in, in that individual. And we have a lot of trust and confidence in the plan that they already came to the table with. And like, you know, like we talked about earlier, there are normally a couple of things that we feel we can add significant value to Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's in light of best practices Um, just to give a little background uh, individuals within Wellbridge uh, the reason that we mostly seek opportunities in the aerospace defense sector is that's where our partners have come from Um, they spent they spent an entire two two lifetimes uh, <laughs> in, uh, in the aerospace defense uh, field for GE, Lockheed Martin, uh, BAE systems. And so, uh, you know, we're bringing true expertise to the table when it comes to evaluating these, uh, these deals and, uh, and working with uh, the entrepreneurs. And we find that, that the, um, the management teams that, you know, we acquire really appreciate that uh, that knowledge mm-hmm. and uh, and that uh, domain expertise that uh, that we bring to table speak the same language. We understand what's a realistic goal and what's not, and uh, and certainly our team at Wellbridge bring, as we mentioned, um, certain best practices to uh, to an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. operation. Uh, but our the t- companies that we target, they're very well run. Right. Uh, you know, we're not in the distress business, um, and uh, so these are very well-run companies, um, and uh, and there's a reason for that. You know, as we've been talking about so far the entire time, people, people-driven, they're great people, and they know what they're doing. So we feel we're, that we're more of a complement to that than a substitute to anything that uh, that they're doing. And uh, so setting the plan with, with those teams and uh, making sure it's, uh, you know, it gets executed. Um, like I said, most of the time we sign up to the plan they already have. Okay. And we have a couple of, uh, a couple of things that we feel that 
that would add uh, tremendous value to to what they're doing. And um, yeah, so that that's, that's how we think about it, and that's how we. That seems to be a um, a critical component, and uh, which is kind of cool about Wellbridge is that you're bringing that level of experience and specialized expertise. But it's probably very important to to have uh, deep knowledge in in the specific industry sector in order to be able to pull that off. And so I imagine those years of experience, especially coming from places like GE, um, equip you in a really nice way to assess and evaluate the um, the quality and the strength of a, a management team and, and the the infrastructure that comes with that management team or you know that entrepreneur um, because uh, without being able to do that accurately I think based on the business model you've described that you have there's a lot of risk associated with that if you're not real clear on that from the beginning absolutely absolutely and you know and the way private equity is is going um, it is it is extremely valued now. Uh, there's uh, we're finding that it tends to be a little less um, financial engineering, if you will, mm-hmm. to create the returns, and uh, and a lot more um, a lot more focus on top line and bottom line, and really knowing uh, really knowing and understanding the business and the market that the that the business participates in that you're you know that you're acquiring so i'm finding that our participation in in these deals are are much more valued than even when we first started doing this um and uh and i think that that will continue certainly into into 2017 and and the future because there's, um, you know, there's a lot of private equity capital mm-hmm. out there, and you know, what does that do? That uh, that brings purchase multiples up to nosebleed levels. <laughs> Back to the good old <laughs> so, days, huh? Right. So, so <laughs> if uh, if purchase multiples are at nosebleed levels, then you know the you can't necessarily rely on um, buying the company at a five x. Because the economy is going to boom, and I'm going to be able to sell it at a seven x right. in uh, in three to five years. That's kind of a buy and hope strategy, yeah. <laughs> and most private equity firms, at least the very well run ones, have moved away from from that significantly, and they're either hiring in house uh, the expertise. Um, um, individuals that have operated companies in specific industries that that fund wants to target, or they're partnering with it. Yeah, and we're seeing that more and more, and um, and I think that will certainly continue as it will be uh, as it'll be important to uh, drive value and uh, and drive those returns in, in such a competitive uh, space. So um, it's interesting that you bring up the sort of the future and what 2017 could bring. And uh, we spent some time on the show last week talking about how it, it, the research seems to indicate that 2017 will be an increasingly favorable environment for private equity and mergers and acquisitions. And, and I think you're right. I mean, the, the, to, the, to the extent that there is a greater amount of capital available, 
you know, we could see more and more transactions happening, perhaps those baby boomers that um, had not contemplated selling or thinking, well, you know, I don't necessarily have someone to turn the business over to. It might be a good time to put it on the market, see what I can get. Mm-hmm. And uh, there may be more than enough people out there with capital work kind of looking for these things. Um, the interesting thing around private equity and that type of money, though, is like you said, there's a lot of players out there. And so the entrepreneurs have choices, too. Yes. And uh, you know, I think one of the things that makes WellBridge such a great um, firm is that you have very specialized skills and you, and you operate in a, in, a, in a focused manner. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that's very, very attractive to uh, an entrepreneur that's looking for, for an exit. Yes, particularly one that's looking for um, to take some of the um, uh, some of their value off the table, and they you know they they see a second bite as mm-hmm. we would say yep. uh, with their business. So they're not ready for a complete exit. They think they've got some got some runway left, and uh, they certainly have some ideas about where the business is going um, and what the future holds, and they're very confident in that. But sometimes, um, you know, that you could get it a, faced with a certain age and say to yourself, you know, do I want to invest the $5 million necessary to go where I really think, you know, this mm-hmm. is another level mm-hmm. for this business? Uh, you know, that's certainly a good way of, um, of doing that and mitigating some of, the, some of the risk involved there is taking on private equity capital. Mm-hmm. Um, taking some of the value off the table that you've built over all those years and having a partner that you have confidence in mm-hmm. that sees your vision and can add something to it. And um, and next thing you know, five, seven years later, you, you've hit another level, your business that you didn't even think was possible, um, you know, if you had to go at it alone. And so, you know, now that that point, exit to uh, to either another um, financial buyer or um, perhaps uh, a strategic buyer, you know, another corporation right. looking for, right. for an acquisition. Well, what's so fascinating to me about that is, you know, so, there, so there's the sell side perspective mm-hmm. when it comes to the value of, of people and, and human resources and skill sets. It, because, it, you know, if it's, if it's okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this way, I'm going to continue to participate, but I, what I really need to do is identify not just any money, and I'm not going to look just at the financials at this, and I'm not going to look at just a structure that makes good legal sense or good compliance sense. The only way this is going to work for me as the seller, if I want that second bite at the apple, as you say, is to identify a source of capital that brings the skill sets that brings the experience and has a cultural fit with me and my organization. Yes. So is it sort of the, you know, the, the flip side? And um, so it just goes to show, you know, whether you're on the buy side or the sell side, this people thing is sort of a hidden secret sauce <laughs> on, on both sides of the, uh, of the transaction. Yeah, and, that's um, right. The sellers that are either well advised um, or have that, uh, have that knowledge on their own, they're evaluating us the same way mm-hmm. we're evaluating them. And, uh, and some of them are doing that knowing full well that they will uh, completely exit from the business, but they care that much about their, uh, their team, yeah. the people that will be left with the company. You know, because a, a lot of times they've, 
they've built uh, built these businesses uh, over a couple of decades with uh, with the same people. Yeah, and they yeah. they truly care about them, and um, and so they want to have they want to feel good about the people they're selling the company to, and um, and the situation that they're going to leave their employees in. Yeah, that's good stuff. Really good stuff. Let's take a, another quick break. Um, I will be back with Dale Irby, Managing Director of Wellbridge Capital Management, right after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Paydar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you find yourself working tirelessly to keep your business going? Are you finding out that you don't have time for family, friends, any kind of personal life whatsoever? It's time to stop feeling trapped by your business. Tune in to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. You'll hear from guests that will help you work on your business instead of constantly in your business and get your life back while the business keeps running and humming. Reclaim Your Freedom airs live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Beyond Financials, the people side of mergers and acquisitions with Sonia Weigel. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at sweigelconsulting.com. Now, back to Beyond Financials, the people side of mergers and acquisitions. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Um, So we're talking with Dale Irby, and we're talking about the people side of uh, private equity investment. And uh, as I said earlier, we like to think of this as an hour of free consulting for our (laughs) listening audience. And so uh, with that in mind, uh, I'd love for you to talk with us about any best practices that you can share or, uh, you know, even any anecdotal stories or cautionary tales that you could share with us that um, could give us some further insights into uh, what's the best way to take the people side into into consideration as you're thinking about these things. Yeah, well, you know, experience is probably the best teacher. 
Um, and, um, you know, I think one thing that comes to mind, <laughs> something that in the end worked out for us, uh, but it, um, it got, got a little hairy. <laughs> and in reflecting on it, you know, it was one of those things where, I, you know, you say to yourself, well, I probably should have, probably should have seen that coming. Hmm. Uh, probably didn't pay, att- pay attention enough to um, who this CEO was. Okay. Um, and how, how he and she saw the world. And um, so, we, you know, we, we made a growth investment. Uh, it, was not, it was one of the very few um, um, control non-control investments that, oh, okay. that, that we made and um, and the company was headed in a, in a certain direction that we were confident in and uh, the CEO decides one day that he wants to take the company in a totally different direction um, this is after you've made the investment? after, after the investment okay <laughs> and, <laughs> fun right <laughs> so, and uh, and we didn't we did not agree with that because uh, he Completely wanted to abandon the um, the current um, current direction uh, the company, and um, so systematically bought in people that would support the new direction that he thought the business should go in. And it wasn't something that we disapproved of because we just had a hunch. Um, it, it was it was something that we felt pretty strongly about and had had pretty good evidence that regulatory winds were going to change in, mm-hmm. in, that, in that business and not be favorable for the direction that he wanted to send it, but more favorable for the direction that he was already in. And um, and he disagreed with that, which was certainly within his right. <laughs> and uh, so we negotiated a uh, an early exit for us uh, with the returns that, that we wanted. And he was more than happy to do that because his success was going to mean more for uh, for him right. and, and his team. So uh, so it, it worked out okay for, for us. But again, it was one of those things where in looking back, I said, wow, you know, you probably should have, should have seen that coming. But uh, certainly a lesson learned. And, you know, there are certain things that, uh, that we like to pick up on now and uh, and we put more importance on control investments <laughs> as well oh, oh and did i mention he closed the doors in 18 months closed the doors 18 months after our exit wow wow well it, you know as they say now, i was not happy about was not happy at all to hear about that but um yeah but it, it get certainly certainly verified you know the the importance, and um, you know even it worked out for us. I still beat beat myself up about it because uh, you know we it could have worked out differently. We mm-hmm. could have hung in there and and went down with that ship. Yeah, and that, yeah. that would not have been good. Well, you know, as they say, no no man or woman is an island. I mean, you know, it was this 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 is a scenario where the CEO sort of had. From from the the perspective of the company, sole command and control of the company, or did he have did he have a leadership team? Um, and, well, see, that was one of the things that I, uh, looking back, that now I think I would I would be much more um, much more in tune with um, how he worked with his management team. Because yeah. I'm thinking about it now, 
I didn't see a good relationship with his management team. Okay, you can look back and see that now. I can look back and look back and see that now. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly something that we look for um, now. You know, how how the, what the respect is of the management team to the CEO and, and vice versa. Yeah, that's, that is a, you know, in terms of best practices, mm-hmm. and certainly uh, Rose McKinley, the head of our human capital operations practice, would say <laughs> <laughs> there are certain tests and triggers and, and, and analytics that you can use to, to, to look for sort of those uh, qualitative, more squishy indicators mm-hmm. um, as to, you know, evaluating a potential transaction and uh, that's not the kind of thing that you you think of right away you know so so now I've got to look at the personality of the leader and then I've got to test for and try to observe mm-hmm. his interaction her interaction with her core team do I yes. see any disconnects there Th- those are the things that that result in the cautionary tales that no one sort of sees coming they're the icebergs that are lying underneath in wait to uh, kind of <laughs> take the deal and throw it underwater <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> But as you say, experience is the best teacher. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, that's part of the reason why we, we like to have these discussions on this show, because, um, you, you know, the, the, the benefit of that kind of experience, now you've benefited from it and you've, you know, you've shared it with Right. And with I everybody. try not to make the same mistake more than twice. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. Very good. Well, so, so I know we've talked a lot about... Um, Kind of how you approach a transaction and how you um, how you do that that analysis. But you know, are there any sort of final words of advice that you'd give our listening audience if they're thinking about, hey, you know, I, I'm on the, the the capital side and I'm looking at, you know, we're look, we're looking at financing a deal right now. What is it that they should be thinking about? Or you know, if that's the entrepreneur that's out there and it's like, you know, that you know, I think 2017 might be my time to go ahead and sell, mm-hmm. you know. What do I need to look for? You know, what what, what sort of words of advice would you give? Yeah. Uh, well, someone looking to sell, um, if you know, if we stay on the theme of, of people and, and culture and chemistry, um, I think it would be important for them to involve their team mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. in the process. Uh, some I found that some uh, sellers, entrepreneurs want to kind of keep that away from their team yeah um and it usually has something it usually has something to do with the fact that they're not fully committed right to uh, to the cell they kind of want to test the waters yeah and um and it doesn't help the buyer right. when that uh when that happens so I, I would say certainly involve your team be committed to the process um and um it, it can be disruptive so, you know, I would even say, make sure you have a good investment banker. They're, some of them are really good at making sure that, um, you know, that the CEO and their team can continue to operate the business and, if, you know, in the way that they, that they should and pursue uh, the transaction. Because uh, sometimes the transaction can be a disruption on the business oh, sure. and then of course the buyer is looking at the monthly numbers coming in and not giving any credit to the fact that um, them pursuing this transaction is disrupting the business <laughs> so it, it can be a double-edged sword for sure uh, but uh, but a good investment banking team uh, could certainly help navigate that and, um, and and make sure that the culture fit is as we've talked about before in the chemistry um, make sure that fits with everyone mm-hmm. yes the, 
the team. Um, and uh, there's a lot of capital out there looking for transactions. So uh, pick the one that um, has the right fit and mm-hmm. that you know is going to do right by your employees and provide you perhaps even with a, a second exit down the, down the road. Yeah, no, that's good advice. Really good advice. I'm really grateful for your spending time with us today. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, this is this was good, great advice, and uh, you know, I particularly appreciate the private equity perspective. So, um, just want to thank you for that and say that that's it for us today. Um, and I'll see you all next week, same time on the Business Channel on Voice America. Thanks so much, and have a great week. Thanks for listening this week. You can tune in live to Beyond Financials, the people side of mergers and acquisitions, every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join your host, Sonia Weigel, again next week.